We need a catchphrase. I agree. We should do that, really. Yeah, yeah. let's come up with one we, right now. We, we say it every single time. Uh, uh, so, sorry, um, we're doing an intro right now. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> if you wouldn't mind. If you wouldn't mind. <laughs> Give us like two minutes and then let's <laughs> start going. Yeah. All right, we need a catchphrase. No, we've covered that already. We have? Yeah, we were just going to do that. And then we oh, were we... rudely interrupted. Yeah. This is how we make sure we get our good time on guests. We start I'm, I'm not coming up with one now. Okay, well then I'm, we'll, I'm a we'll shelve it for later. We'll shelve it for later. I'm a little Room. shook. Yeah. All okay, right. would you just hold on a second? We'll get to you. All right? Just uh, I, Guys, for those who can't watch the podcast right now, they're both looking us off as hard as they can because we've yeah. already pissed them off that much. Yep. It's insane. Oh, By now way, Jerry's setting fingers. a fire in a trash can yeah. in his room. One guy's, burning an effigy. One guy's burning an effigy of you, Keegan. That's insane. How did you even get that so quickly? Yeah, it was impressive. If you are watching the podcast, you know <laughs> that we're idiots. And, and also... Comic book creators. No, the name of our show. Oh, dumb comic creators. Good job. <laughs> I'm so close. I'm Eric Schwartz. No, you're not. I'm yeah. Eric Schwartz. I'm sorry, that was the next thing on our script here. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm Keegan Shiner. No, you, all right. Well, that's who I am, actually. That, yeah. Why all did right. we type this up? All right. Uh, today's, we, we have a couple of great guests. They made a, a really, uh, a couple, three amazing comics. About Hilarious a comics. Character named Fingerbang and his magic genie Bono. And uh, I've pulled up their uh, bios here. Uh, So we have Jer Gordon. He's an executive doodler. He graduated from the University of Maryland where he studied criminology. He now works at a job um, at a place and in his free time, he enjoys certain things. Um, He also has certain things he doesn't like to do. And we also have with us Ben Peroni, uh, Chief Chief. He's uh, currently heading into his senior year at Adrian College, where he's studying marketing and economics. Uh, please hire him. He's also uh, got favorite shows and favorite movies, and he likes garlic bread and pyramids. So uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah, we that. And uh, thanks for letting us take a look at your comics. Yeah. Thanks um, for I, looking. Eric, dude. Nah, I, I thought they were fantastic. I was, I'm going to, uh, you know, fanboy in them for a while. So they were hilarious. <laughs> um, li- genuinely, like, made me laugh out loud, which doesn't happen with most comics. So I actually have questions about, like, your sense of humor and how it goes from there. Well, I have a question um, first. And okay. It's for, it's for Ben. Um, ben, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, actually, what? Who is the artist? Who's the writer? Or do you both draw? Do you both write? What, what's the process? Um, well, Jeremy draws pretty much everything. Uh, the last two covers and the next cover, we had like guest artists, um, which we can talk about later. And then uh, the first one. 
like we we weren't both we're both from Maryland. Uh, we weren't both like in Maryland at the time of drawing the first one. So he drew the whole thing, and then uh, during like the creation of two, three, and four, we've both been uh, together at like certain moments. So I've I have like a drawing mixed in or hidden in in all of them. Oh, cool. uh, if you see something crappy in the background, <laughs> it doesn't look like anything else. Uh, and then like come we both like come up with stories together beforehand uh but then i'll i'll like put it into a script and some thumbnails uh and then jeremy There'll be like it over figures I wonder if I... <laughs> um so I'm, I'm gonna share the the first finger like oh. that is what i'll get just yeah that's thumbnails person. for me or yeah send the <laughs> i'll be expected to just draw it better oh cool <laughs> Do you do you um do you write it up as a proper comic book script? Uh no, I, I wouldn't say so. I'll okay. like write it up from as more of a comic book script for myself, and mm -hmm. then uh, we've kind of established uh, like a uh, more efficient for the two of us communication pattern there. So then I'll take it from like more of a script and put it into like what Jeremy wants to draw. Okay. Like a. Text like message or... stick figures and then like okay. uh an adjacent google doc with details on what the oh, stick I figures see. actually are oh yeah. cool is are you guys talking at the same time you're going over it or is it just like look at the email that should answer everything no we've actually oh. known each other since we were like 11 so we talk every day anyways just throw a facetime on for like a couple minutes to like hash out a certain scene you know yeah i see a lot of him in the bathroom <laughs> is, that draw, is that where you draw mostly in the bathroom it's where the creativity comes from uh, it just plops right out of me i don't know uh do you come up with the punchlines first and then work backwards in terms of jokes because as soon as i saw that guy like there's gonna be had to be like a foot job something and then as soon as i saw that I'm like called it and i just know if you like work towards the jokes or if you come up with the punchlines and work backwards That's a good question. Um, I'd say it probably like depends on the joke. Like there's some where like we'll just think of a punchline like doing something else and be like, oh shit, that's gotta go in there. And then there's other ones that just come about naturally during like the drawing and writing process. Yeah, I would say during the process is a lot of them, but we also have like a puns and like jokes section on our Google Doc that we're like, we have to find somewhere to work this in. Interesting. Yeah, there's because there's a lot of puns. It was yeah, there's fun a lot. Uh, what what made you guys start this comic? Um, I was bored and had recently like I read comics when I was probably in like elementary school from like uh, like my dad always like would verbally tell me Batman stories before bed and then he got me some like comics and then like a family friend had a bunch so they gave me some and then I stopped for a while and then uh, a teacher at my college or a professor i guess had told me like her friend had just opened a comic book store in town uh and i was like oh i should go there and then i didn't uh and then i saw <laughs> this was actually i guess a little less than two years ago i saw like the umbrella academy on netflix mm -hmm. and watched it and found out it was based on a comic by gerard way whose music i enjoy uh, and so I went down to the comic book shop that kind of inspired me. So I went and I picked up uh, like the Umbrella Academy comics and then um, 
a Black Hammer Age of Doom that I saw on the wall that just looked awesome. Uh, and then I just got into reading them, and I was like, well, I could make up my own. And uh, I kind of fleshed it out, and I was like, well, it's like cool to make this up, but like even my stick figures are bad. <laughs> I was like, looked into paying someone to draw it, and I was like, wow, like this is actually expensive. Yeah. Uh, and then I brought it up to Jeremy, who loves to doodle, and I was like, could I pay you way less than like what most people would take for dollars <laughs> and he was like i'll do it for free just let me change stuff and i was like yeah badly oh cool and uh, how, how about you uh jay how did you start doing comics just literally his story when i came in at the end part where like, <laughs> i was i was doing nothing and you're, was you're like, not even the hero in your own story <laughs> <laughs> i stick to chief doodler but yeah, yeah. Then he hit me up and he was like I mean, I we would always, like, draw, like, throughout middle school and stuff, like, sit next to each other and, like, pass a same piece of paper back and forth, just drawing things on it. So, like, and I have always just drawn. So when he hit me up, I was like, yeah, I haven't drawn in, like, a long time. This would give me, like, an excuse or, like, an idea to do for a while. So it was nice to get back into that, too. Cool. Um, another question I have, say, that having been said, you guys were kind of, were I would say inexperienced when you started oh, making comics. Yeah. Uh, how did you kind of come into this format um, where it it really reads naturally? Um, did you have like a like your panels aren't straight uh, squares and and um, are you influenced by anyone or uh, were you just kind of like making up as you go? when you decided on this art style? Well, I can't speak to like what, how Ben has come up with the like stick figure versions, but I get them as they are. And they're usually in like good readable order. So I'll usually stick that. And then just some from like different comics I've seen. I like used to read a lot of Simpsons comics back in the day. So just they had a good flow to them. I guess it subconsciously stuck and then I'd say maybe as we do more books, it gets like even more sensical. I'd like to think like the yeah, one. yeah. You can see a progression in the and we got a better scanner, which helps. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I would say definitely one thing Jeremy's always pressing me about is like let's try and think of some like non-traditional panel layouts or like not just squares and boxes. Like it's definitely that comes up a lot. Uh, but yeah, I know, um, I guess I try and like find some some books uh, that have like some less traditional panel options. And so like Scud the Disposable Assassin's a big one mm -hmm. um, that has like some cool, cool panels and um, like stuff that Alexis Surrett does. So like Space Riders um, and a lot of his panels like kind of blend together because the colors are so wild and it's like very trippy psychedelic art uh which i guess we don't really do but it's a nice inspiration for like how to, how to mesh panels so they're not necessarily uh yeah like basic because i mean other i don't know i guess it just kind of makes the comic fun like no one maybe some people do but i know jeremy doesn't just want to sit there and draw six squares on a page right <laughs> uh follow-up question like a lot of this artwork reminds me of the Rugrats. Did you watch Rugrats as a kid? Yeah, actually, sorry, Jeremy, jump in. When I said my professor <laughs> told me about like a comic book store in town, 
Mm-hmm. It was actually specifically when she brought it up was she was saying the comic book store just opened. Uh, the creator of All Grown Up made a comic book like sequel, <laughs> and they were there for a signing. Uh, <laughs> so yes, Rugrats is an inspiration. Believe it or not, more fairly odd parents than Rugrats. Okay. I see that too, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, there's just was one picture of the main character just looked exactly like the grandpa from Rugrats for a little bit. It's just rugby. And X Men is a compliment. That's thank. That was taken as one. Yeah. Also, like to, in terms of creativity, this is a very creative comic. Uh, do you get in the right mindset uh, to use a good euphemism when you're writing? So I will say when I'm actually, if I'm getting like a a solid chunk of writing done, like sitting down and actually writing it, I would say no. Um, Like putting it together script and like legibly for Jeremy to understand. But I would say I often get in a mindset and then uh, like we were talking about earlier, thinking of jokes ahead of time that kind of fit in. Those I'll, I'll kind of brainstorm a lot of general ideas and like maybe even specific jokes, but I'll kind of brainstorm a lot of it. That we're way. talking about yeah. marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks. I don't know if it's legal in Maryland. I mean, we. I'm from, well, you live somewhere? in DC, Jeremy. Technically, it's legal in DC, and yeah. I have a residence there, so we'll just say it all goes down there. Yeah, and okay. I spend most of my time in Michigan, where it's legal yeah well. okay. I, okay i live in illinois so where it's legal and it's legal in massachusetts really? we're yes. all legal <laughs> you, hear yeah. that, you can't get us but no yeah we'll we'll often get in this right mindset together and just brainstorm ideas and stuff because we've been doing that for the last 10 years so so uh, we're already in that mindset together anyway <laughs> Cool. Have you guys taken any improv classes? No. No. Any okay. comedy writing classes? No. I took like oh. a script writing in college, but script writing. Regular. I took, yeah, it, one general creative writing class. Um, I will say that we've uh, like we met in the sixth grade and pretty much instantly become friends. And I'll say we spent a fair amount of our time together growing up watching. Uh, Saturday Night Live in like the Andy Samberg uh, digital short era and like Bill Hader, Will Forte, uh, Jason Sudeikis, Kristen Wiig, Amy Poehler style. Tina Fey. Yeah, Tina Fey. Yeah. 30 Rock. So a lot of like sketch type stuff we've watched over the years and like improv stuff. Yeah. I'm just asking because it has that natural flow of like a a herald, doesn't it, Eric? Yeah, it does. Keegan and I are for a little bit. We've been friends since seventh grade, so you guys be this by a year. Um, uh, and like we both independently did improv together. And one of the, like the big things is called a herald, which is just like how like your story structure. That's like they do like for your improv sets. They do and it in it, Seinfeld. Uh, it, oh. It's the story structure of Seinfeld, effectively, where like you have like three separate storylines, all with broken up by commercials. Okay. okay. And you kind of do that too, because you have like, you'll have multiple storylines going on at the same time, and it all eventually combines together at the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it works out great. So, like, you had the lottery, like, just going through here, you have the lottery and the KKK members, and the your newspaper person, your first comic one. Yeah. And that kind of all combines together at the end. 
Yeah, that's probably subconscious from just watching too much TV. <laughs> it's like life is broken up into like commercials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jer, uh, how'd you decide on the materials that you're going to use for this comic? So actually, just whatever I had in my house, our other friend Andrew actually just randomly sent me like a kit of like markers and um, like colored pencils and crayons for some stuff. So I just had all that stuff and didn't have to go out and buy it. And then, um, yeah, so that's just easy. Yeah. <laughs> I like markers a lot for at least outlines and stuff and then colored pencils for backgrounds because it's faster and, you know. Yeah. Do you do any digital drawing? No, I'm really bad at, like, that. (laughs) (laughs) Even if something needs to be, like, paint-filled on Microsoft Paint, I'll just, like, scan it and let Ben do that part. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, this is a question that like kind of digs in. Uh, in the second book, you picked up a spoiler alert for our listeners. In the <laughs> second book, you picked up for the son of the head of the KKK, and you kind of never picked him up again. Is that gonna be picked up in the fourth book? As a fanboy, <laughs> yeah. I want to know. Right? <laughs> um, and so, then yeah, they got so, away. <laughs> so we actually um we had planned uh to have because he's in interludes in the second one. We had planned to have another one or two interludes in the third one, but uh, the printer we used, like, it's 64 pages maximum, and by the time we had finished, we'd actually miscounted and had 65 pages, so the story goes onto the inside of the back cover. Um, and so we just didn't have space for it. But, yeah, then uh, this, kind of, this part climaxes in the fourth one. That's pretty much the whole plot of it. Oh, I see. But we do uh, want to keep each issue so that, like, they're kind of they're definitely able to be read on their own. Because I know I read uh, more of like month to month comics uh, than Jeremy does, and I know one thing that bothers me very much is like I can't go into a store and like see a cool cover on the front, and it's like, oh, Spider Man issue five or whatever. And if I pick it up and take it home and read it, I have no clue what's going on. So I think that's a big block to bring in like new readers in the industry um and so we wanted to make sure you could go and pick one up off a wall take it home you know maybe there's one or two jokes uh that you miss but like you understand and enjoy the whole story and you want to go pick up more yeah that's a good point there are a lot of cliffhangers yeah that always bothered me as a kid too that's why i kind of left comics for a while too Comics like are just a lot of time commitment because like you have to read them said each month. If you don't, you're like, oh, where the hell am I? What happens? What's going on? Yeah, that's yeah, that's my feeling with TV now too. They all pull that. It's like I like going back to watch like X Files or something where an episode just stands alone like it is. You don't have to watch season to see like the good parts. Not that they're bad parts, but like. There's bad parts. Well, show can take a lot of time. If you yeah. can start a show in the second season, like if everyone's like skipped to the second season, there's bad parts in that show. <laughs> yeah. I, I, for one, if I had read uh, this in order, I would have been totally lost. I'd be like, why is this person shooting bullets from his hands? Why is he high? There's so many unanswered questions. I'm so confused. <laughs> 
You gotta you gotta be of a certain intellect to hop in. <laughs> uh, I clearly don't have that. So yeah. Eric, you're calling our guests liars. How dare you? <laughs> he says right as he's about to scroll to like a naked mayor looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so what many- was your influence for this nipple design? <laughs> I have that same question. <laughs> Just, just the idea that big is better, you know. Did you look in the mirror? Is that? uh... (laughs) I I had to ask so many people to see their nipples for inspiration. Yeah, and just so you you draw from life, I'm guessing. Oh, only yeah. I'll go to just still life. I'll just go to the gym, sketch people. He does that, the Alex Ross a lot, where he makes all of our (laughs) friends come in and pose for every every page, so he can draw it exactly from life. Wow. So who's Our the naked mayor, like, based on that? You have all your friends posing that. Do you want to <laughs> say that for the entire world to hear online? That's actually my dad, Eric. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, I knew that was nipples awful. were familiar. Thanks <laughs> so much. You asked your dad to pose naked for you. Yeah, well, you know, Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> Family bonding time. Always great. <laughs> So um, what? who does the lettering, too? So in this, in the first three, I just did the lettering. And then actually in the fourth, we made a big technological jump and figured oh, out yeah. how to do typing. Oh, it's wow. It's a cool font that Ben found that is free on this website that he'll say that I forgot the name. But it's free only if you use it for independent comics. Blambot, I'm guessing. Yeah, Blambot. Okay. Blambot, that was it. Yeah. I don't know the rules with like word fonts. We have the rights to those, but they don't look cool, anyways. Yeah. So, did you do the lettering for four, Ben? Uh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Going to uh, out ourselves real quick. Um, we actually this is my first time using Adobe Illustrator, um, and I kind of <laughs> winged it. I didn't look at too many tutorials uh, or any. Um, there are two speech bubbles that are accidentally blank when we printed it which we missed in all our read-throughs but luckily they're just like uh it's like an oof and an ow or something like that and so they came in and we just took like an ultra fine sharpie and wrote them in all of them oh that's funny uh did you um did you use on lowercase in in the fourth one too yeah we got um that was actually uh, a specific topic of conversation because I had downloaded a bunch and sent Jeremy pictures and he was like I definitely think lowercase fits fits our style more and yeah. uh yeah so it's a it's a theme with upper and lowercase yeah I haven't really seen any like lowercase comics and I was, I was always wondering like why that is because it just seems like they're emphasizing everything I think it has to do with readability um back in the day and writing quickly too mm. um, and also, the, like, they prefer to show like something that's is more important by bolding it rather than capitalizing it. Mm-hmm. So that's why they can always just like say, like, "Oh, this is important. We bold it, or maybe make it slightly bigger, but not uppercase, lower cases." And then also probably just for consistency, like whoever mm-hmm. did first has to do it for the rest of them. So when we can yeah. think, you know, tech to comics for capitalizing everything, and everyone else said, "Oh, I guess we all have to be capitalized now." Yeah, I, I, uh, I personally, I really liked that it was handwritten and lowercase, mm-hmm. and uh, because your art style is that 
sort of like a seventh grader might have drawn this <laughs> art style, which is, there's nothing wrong with that because the, the writing of the comic is like subverting that style, you know, where it's like yeah. really smart and adult. So, um, oh, thank you. I've never had anyone call me that before. <laughs> hey, you're smart. You're going to college. <laughs> yeah. They only let smart people into college. That's yeah, what True they fact. tell us after we get there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I actually really liked that they all all felt really like hand-drawn, hand-written, um, maybe was drawn in the back of a seventh grade classroom. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, definitely with the new font that we chose, I tried to like get the one that looked most like just handwriting. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Ashcan if you're familiar. Ashcan? Did I send you the fourth issue, the PDF? No, we didn't get the fourth issue. Okay, I'll I'll send that over. Oh, cool. Um, actually, we'll review it for our site. Yeah. But awesome. if if our listeners wanted to get your fourth issue of the comic or your first and second and third, where could they find it? Oh, funny you should ask. MokesStudio.com. Um, <laughs> that's M-O-K-E-S Studio.com. Um, we have physical copies. Uh, they're eight dollars each, um, but they're all. I think the first one's fifty-two pages, but after that, they're sixty, sixty-five, and fifty-six. Um, there's no ads. Uh, digitally, you can get them all for free or a dollar uh, if you just want PDF copies. Um, or our Instagram, which is just Mokes underscore Studio. Uh, if you just want to DM us and pay with Venmo. We do that as well, gladly. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, I see for the fourth finger bang, you've had an, another artist do the, the cover? Yeah. So uh, the fourth one is our friend we went to high school with, our friend Silas, who we used to play basketball and Mario Party with. He went to school at uh, Rhode Island School of Design, and then he just moved back to town. And um, he started like a, a an Instagram for his painting, which is at Silas Paint, if anyone's interested. Um, and I just texted him and I was like, hey man, like, would you want to do, yeah, exactly. He's amazing. That one at the top I actually bought. We're on his well. Instagram right now. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh um, yeah, this is really trippy stuff. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, so uh, I was I just like, even, hey. I've never even seen it like this. I love how it's like, wow. Yeah. I looked at the actual page of his instagram but it's really cool for those listening it's like laid out yeah those skateboards jeremy those were for gabe oh those yeah. are skateboards. that's dope yeah yeah three skateboards that form one picture stacked yeah on top so those are on our friend that's, gabe's wall that's, that's so cool. yeah it's just like hey will you paint this and he was like yeah and i was like all right like we're gonna print it at whatever like 10 and a half by 6.8 and he was like okay and then he sent me a picture and he was like, I stretched out the canvas. I'm ready to go. And I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, that looks big. And then he was sending me these progress pictures and I was like, wow, that looks big. And then our friend Gabe got those skateboards and he was like, dude, when I picked them up, like your cover's sweet, but it's huge. And then I went to pick it up and it was that big. It's it was like five, like, five feet, three inches by three and a half feet when I measured it. Damn. So like four inches taller than you? <laughs> wow cool so how did you shrink that 
um, in the, the washing shrink machine. Ray. <laughs> shrink yeah, ray, yeah. No, the shrink ray. Yeah. 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 Cool. This also came your height. <laughs> <laughs> and other things. Yeah. Oh yeah, we, we, we agreed not discussion. to talk about this. The oh, one right. off, one off limit topic. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Jer's, Jer's dad's nipples are fair play, though. You're being a bad host eric <laughs> i've never been a good host so you don't have to remind me you got bad guests or you've been to my apartment i don't offer you drinks i tell you to get out i just stop talking to halfway through i'm a terrible host that's fair yeah that's that's true. True. i don't know why i started this podcast come to think of it <laughs> you, you don't know why you started house. with me that's actually what you mean to say no <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that it's cool. Uh, so you hung this in your apartment, I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, in, in my parents' apartment. <laughs> but I'll take it. His apartment me. that his parents yeah. live and pay for. Yeah. yeah. I see. Cool. But if people start buying these, I'll move out and take it with me. So you're saying that indie artists don't make a lot of money? <laughs> no, I think. Who knew? Well, let me ask you about how you're publishing and, and distributing, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. Because that's something that Eric and I haven't done quite yet. Uh, so what was the strategy for Finger Bay? Um, well, originally, uh, I Googled. I just went on Google and was Googling, you know, clicking links, scrolling, yeah. uh, the usual. Hacking. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, the green screen with all the letters coming up as fast as they can. You guys, you guys know the internet. Yeah. Yeah, I've been the, there before. Al yes. Gore invented. Yeah, yeah. But we can save Man Bear Pig for another conversation. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Man, and so man, I, man, he's, <laughs> he's coming right for us. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I found, like, uh, if you look up Comics Wellspring by, like, Greco Printing, I basically found, like, them, I think, like, Print Ninja and something else that were all low print run options. Because originally I was like, okay, like we're just going to print like the minimum for our friends and call it a day and give them to them for free. Um, and then when I was like looking at how much it would cost with shipping for all these different ones and everything, I realized that Greco printing's like less than an hour from where I go to school. And so I could oh, just cool. pick them up. And so we decided on them and they're great. Customer service is awesome. Uh, I think it's like family or family run. And they're just super nice people. Uh, so we stick with them. And then we hand deliver them to our friends and like kids that we don't, haven't talked to in a while that we went to school with. We'll see them. Uh, and so we'll give them to them. And then we recently started shipping some stuff out to mail to strangers, which is nice. And so I bought like a hundred pack of Gemini mailers and uh, pack them up in those pretty nice with some packing tape and mail them out. Postal service. Support. Yeah, they save the postal service. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that downer, I think we should. <laughs> I, I have one last question. Uh, which one of you guys is a YouTube fan, or are you guys both a YouTube fan? Um, I think our <laughs> opinions on YouTube probably mirror Joby's. Okay. <laughs> I haven't looked at YouTube since it was like people getting hurt in skateboard videos. For I think he said you too, like Bono. Oh, yes. <laughs> but YouTube's also great. I think you said YouTube. I think I said you. I you think definitely I, said YouTube. 
Okay. I was on YouTube <laughs> as right. well. Okay, probably good. Said, I probably said YouTube and meant YouTube, but ask me. Oh, I'm pretty uh, indifferent about you too, the band. Okay. They're okay. I just want to give a quick shout out to that time when their album just magically appeared on everyone's iTunes. Oh, that. Yeah. That yeah. was fun. I never listened to it. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I've, I've only heard what's on the radio and only on like the oldie stations. So I assumed it was the government trying to, uh, <laughs> you know send out waves <laughs> to our brains and implant us the spy g yeah. network yeah. <laughs> yeah. bono's at the nsa now well you guys have been great uh we wish you all the best with cool. your finger uh, bang do you guys so anywhere else besides instagram and your sites that people could find you at i mean obviously your I, parents apartment but that's just <laughs> <laughs> I, I found them on facebook Milk Studio, but I oh, I think yeah. I'm the oh. first person to like your page. Actually, yeah, I think <laughs> when we made when we made an Instagram page, it like automatically made us make a Facebook page because I think Facebook owns Instagram, but okay. I've never never used it. That's Facebook. That's awesome. Yeah, With I'm, I'm your first. I'm your first like. Thank you. Which was hilarious. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. alive to first like. And then I sent you like 10 messages and you never responded. So, yeah, oh no, I saw them. (laughs) But then you realized it was Keegan. You're like, better to avoid this than do anything else. Never mind. All right, cool. So, uh, everyone that listens to this is going to go buy your comics and um, read your comics. So, expect like two more comic sales. (laughs) Yeah, sweet. Um, One last thing I just want to say Nick Cagnetti who's a fantastic indie artist, uh, is doing the cover to the next one. Um, number five. find him at, yeah, okay. number five. And he's awesome. Where's he? Uh, uh, he's at Fudgy, and then the number one, Nick. And, uh, yeah. Didn't he, come up. Ooh, I'm a liar then. <laughs> at, at what? At Fudgy? Uh, Fudgy, F-U-D-G-Y. G-O-G-Y, of course. Uh, the number one, Nick. Nick. So he has a book out called Pink Lemonade, and uh, yeah, just a little shout out. And also, issue three, my sister drew so the cover, so shout out to her as well. Your sister drew what? The cover to issue three. Of, oh, of, of our, our. Oh, okay. Dude, was, she also, was she also paid zero dollars? Oh, <laughs> yeah. You better believe it. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, yeah, it looks like he, he draws his own comic called Pink, Pink Lemonade. Lemonade yeah. Okay. Cool. So, that's been our interview. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for putting up with us and our professionalism. <laughs> and us, too. Yeah. <laughs> we have four dumb comic creators tonight. Yeah. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to reading the next, the next finger bangs. Yeah, the next yeah, two. Yeah, I'll send it over as soon as I Irish goodbye you real quick. Cool. All right, bye. Bye. See you guys. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> he really did. Yeah. They really, really did, did Irish goodbye. They they're just, just like left. They left. They're gone. And we're not making that up. Mm-hmm. 
and I said, it's a pineapple. <laughs> what are you doing? It's <laughs> not my great joke. Why weren't you listening? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I paused the recording. So everyone um, missed your great joke. Oh, God. That joke was a one of the time thing. I don't think I can repeat it. So, so good. We're back. We we're just back. interviewed uh, Ben and Jer. Thank you very much for coming on the yeah. show. Thanks for being great guests and thanks for writing great comments. Yeah, everyone check out Finger Bang on their website. Issues one through four. They're uh, really, two. really funny. Hilarious. Yes. Really, really funny guys. Really, really nice guys. Really nice, uh, yeah. And they'll send you a comic for $8, which is... Or you can download for a dollar. Yeah, for a dollar. What and, a deal. Uh, and there's there's four of them now. There's going to be five. So it's a series that's ongoing. Yeah, so you won't get bored. Or in case you're worried about things getting canceled, you know. Stupid cancel culture. As soon as you get into them, like it's canceled right away, you know. Yeah, so you get them, you're like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever read." And then it's gone. Like Battlestar Galactica, they said everything that has happened before will happen again, and then the show only has four seasons. I have never actually seen any episodes. Can't they just keep repeating over and yeah. over forever? I mean, you can rewatch them, I guess. Yeah, but. I don't know. I just felt like at a certain time, everything that had happened before wouldn't need to happen again. And they didn't fulfill that. They should have replayed, like, they should have said seasons five through eight and just replayed seasons one through four to so anyone notice. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's really what I was thinking. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, what, hey, a dumb, um, what a dumb thing to say. Uh, during the interview, we talked about the fact that, like, what inspired them to start drawing. So, my inspiration to start drawing was, you told me, hey, Eric, you should draw a comic book. I'm like, challenge accepted. And so that's why I started drawing comics. But you actually had a more uh, organic way of drawing comics. So what made you decide to start writing comics, not drawing? I guess drawing is the improper word because neither one of us are artists. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for clarifying because I, again, thought this was going to be the shortest segment ever. Uh, when you just said, I just did it. Uh, oh, no, I, I just, that's why I just did it, because you said, hey, Eric, let's do, you should do it. I said, all right, good reasons any. Well, yeah, but you pushed this whole segment about us talking about why we were going to make comics, and then for you to just answer in one sentence. Well, I mean, my answer, like, I want to talk about, okay, for okay, for those that aren't don't understand, we talk about it may not sound like, but we actually put thought into this podcast and we work on like what we are going to do. Um, so earlier today, while discussions about what we we're going to do this podcast, I wanted to talk about uh, what first drew us into comics in general. Into comics, but, in general comics, yeah. In general comics, but Keegan, boring, talk, boring. <laughs> Go listen to any other podcast; they'll probably talk about that somewhere or other. Every single comic book nerd has a podcast about why they love comics and all the comics they have. And Even Joe Rogan has, has a podcast about that. It's insane. I know. So, like, why why would we talk about that? Everyone knows why we like comics. Because they're paper and they have little drawings in them and and they're colorful. Yeah. But there, we can't ask the question, why did you draw something like that way you can just enjoy it and read it? Why would you make a comic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so you, you gave a one-sentence one answer. 
a great answer, a concise answer, and an honest answer. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, I just wanted to say it could have been a really short segment if it was just you going. <laughs> well, I also wouldn't be doing this podcast with just me because it'd be like, so, Eric, are you going to write a comic? No, I'm good. All right. Good podcast, guys. <laughs> uh, that's true, too. That's true, I guess. Yeah. Uh, all right. So why I got into making comics. Um, well, let's see. I was, I have a weird artistic um, background and I'm a little bit of an artist journeyman where I've kind of dabbled in a lot of things. Um, but I did an undergrad in film making and I've done short films and worked in some video production. Um, in fact, that's what I do for a job too. And so I kind of like telling stories on camera, but to tell fictional stories takes a lot of money, takes a lot of people to help you, takes a lot of uh, equipment and time and resources. And, you know, honestly, it, it can come close to comic book time and resources and money and people. Um, but I, I was kind of settling down and trying to work a full-time job and didn't have time to kind of go out and make a short film or a film or so I wanted to do something else creative and um, while I have done animation um, I'm not much of an artist and it was very difficult for me to to like sit down and do that um, so I decided to just try and um, throw my hat in the ring for comic books uh, because I, I mean, like every screenwriter is kind of like has a vision of what the movie should write, look like when it's done. And then you give it to a director and the movie looks nothing like you pictured and it, it sucks or whatever. Um, but like if you turn that screenplay into a comic book, it, it technically it could look just like you wrote it. Um, but first you'd have to turn it into a comic book script or the artist won't know what the hell you're doing. Uh, so um, so I guess that's kind of like the organic way. I would say my, my first inkling towards doing a comic book was when I first moved to LA and they said that screenwriters should turn your script into a comic book to attract producers just to read. And at the time it was like, uh, there was a service that would turn your screenplay into a comic book and it was by this Hollywood producer and he teamed up with a, a Marvel comics editor or something and they were going to connect you with indie artists and this was like back before the internet was uh, really helpful it was still like a very dis disorganized chaotic web of stuff um so anyway, I was like talking to them and, and they came back with this price tag of like $10,000 to turn your screenplay into a comic book. That's and I was like, expensive. whoa, cannot do that. But if you think about it, screenplays are like 120 pages or 90 pages. Um, and when you convert a screenplay to a co comic book script, that adds like two pages sometimes per page. You can add a lot of pages. Um, so converting a screenplay to a comic could be a $10,000 project because it would be like a graphic novel. It's a lot, of, that, there's a lot of comic book pages there. 
and you got to do art, inking, coloring, lettering, and publishing, which is a lot of steps. And all those artists got to get paid, and they're getting paid the Marvel rates. So, I mean, thinking back on the budget, it's a pretty solid budget for that service. Um, they're not in business anymore, unfortunately, because because I almost did that this time. Um, but I, I will say, uh, so when I came back at it 10 years later and I had a job and I had some money to spend on it, um, not $10,000 money, but money. And, uh, and I, I decided to take it a little more seriously and give it a shot. And I'd always been into comics. Um, so, but not like in a traditional, you've been, been into comics. I, I, so I actually got into comics later in life because I didn't read comics until I was in college. Because really? I didn't read comics. I, because I didn't read comics in high school. I didn't start reading comics actually until my sister met her husband. Oh, and okay. We, and he gives me all his old comics. Okay. But so, then you worked in a comic book store. Yes, that's because I you worked in two comic book stores. No, only one. You worked in one in Chicago too. No, I didn't. I never and worked in one in Chicago. I worked only in Naperville. I worked the one in Naperville is the head of the chain, so I got responsible for all the all the material from Chicago. Got sent over to me. So. Oh, okay. But no, I only worked in the one comic book store. But I worked in the head of the chain. Uh, Shout out to Grand Parrot Comics. Thanks for the work. Hi, Mike. Hi, Don. Yeah. So, so okay. But so you've read a lot of comics. I'd I'd read some comics as a kid, but I had only read graphic novels at, at a certain point because um, I hated that single comics would just end with no conclusion, and it just drove me crazy. Yeah. So it's hard. It looks hard to single comics are a big commitment. I mean, they're A, more expensive than graphic novels, and B, as you put it, you have to be willing to put, to go through a single graph, what a single graphic novel is, takes about six months of single issues because they usually issue one comic a month, or one co or yeah, one new comic a month for that storyline, and then they'll go and combine usually between six and eight. So actually it's like six to eight months. Plus, like if you have DC and Marvel, they have like um, a lot of crossovers, so you have to get through all that stuff too. Oh wow! So it's a, it's an expensive hobby. Yeah, that's yeah, and you can subscribe like you would a newspaper, and they'll just come in. But mm -hmm. but I never did that, and didn't have the money for that. It, um, so I always read like I read Justice League graphic novels in high school, and Batman, and I read. Um, Batman, you say? Like Lucy Kneasley, Lucy Kneasley, um, who's a well-known graphic novelist. Um, when I was in college, I was reading some some more um, indie artists. And, hey, uh, Keegan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of comics, did you read any uh, this week? Comics? I did. Oh, is is that <laughs> segment over? Is that I guess that's a, yeah. So it's over. We're segueing. Uh, Did we just get on our Segway? We just got on our Segway with Vroom Vroom. vroom. Segway. I did read a comic this week. I read a comic this week too. Well, or I, let me 
re-say that. I rewrite a comic. This isn't the first time I read this comic. But How it's dare really you? Com- it's a really good comic, and I want to reread it, so I reread it. Okay. Uh, but I also, re- how dare you? Okay. <laughs> I reread Old Man Logan. I read for the first time Box Office Poison. Okay. Uh, you, for a change of pace, do you want to start off or should I start off? I do want to start off. Thanks Why don't you for both asking. start off? Okay. I ask because I care. Great. Uh, so Box Office Poison, it's by Alex Robinson. Have you ever read this? I have not. I've not even heard of it, honestly. Um. So it uh, when I when I first got into uh, making comics here recently, I did a Google search for like top graphic novels of the last twenty years, basically, and this was at the top of the list on most of those lists. Um, this is a massive, massive graphic novel. It is thick. Well, it is thick. Yeah, and it is. Uh, let's see. I think it's six. It's six hundred and two pages. It's fictional, um, and it's all by this guy Alex Robinson, graphic novelist. And it was made in two thousand five. Um, so it tells the story of this guy named Sherman and his friend Ed and his roommates and his girlfriend, and Ed's boss, and Sherman's job at the bookstore. And it's kind of like a slice of life story, sort of like you'd see in like indie comics about like the day-to-day, but it has more of a plot than that. And it also goes into quite a bit about the comic book industry, which is almost comes out of nowhere because it's the story, like the actual stories about Sherman. I hope I'm getting that name right. Yeah, Sherman. Um, The actual stories about Sherman and the comic book industry stuff is about Ed, his friend. And so what I'm taken to believe is that Ed might have, you know, um, it's kind of like, the, the author of the book a little bit because Sherman can't draw. He's, he's like a failed novelist, but Ed is a comic book artist and works for a comic book artist as an assistant. Um, and it's all about how this, uh, this guy has been passed up by a company, company named Zoom Comics that didn't pay him for his um, night God, Nighthawk comic. Is any of this making sense, Eric? You're not chiming in at all. I no, I'm just so for those that can't look, I'm looking to the for those that can't see, I'm looking to the bot back to to the right because I on my phone I pulled out the Wikipedia page on it, so I'm just kind of trying to follow on with it. So I doesn't have a plot; just kind of says the characters. Um, all right, let me let me just try and break this down. So Ed works for an artist who basically created a Batman type of character that has gone on to make billions of dollars. And the and this creator got zero money and he lives in filth. So Ed is trying to help him get recognition for his achievements. And it's about sort of the way that the comic book industry doesn't highlight old artists of these golden age heroes 
uh, which sounds an awful lot like Jack Kirby, doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds very much. That sounds borderline exactly like Jack Kirby. Yeah. So, um, so or that's who's that's the this... who's the Steve Jobs Apple guy? Not Steve Jobs, the other Apple guy. Ditko, right? Ditko. I remember what it was, but there's the oh, Apple's Wozniak. Wozniak. Wozniak, yeah, yeah. Who got no credit for like stealing by because of Steve Jobs and stuff like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. So anyway, so that is the subplot of this book. It's like box office poison, and it, and like this old guy is the the artist, and he's, you know, and it's about them trying to get him famous again. It's also about Sherman's love life, and it's about all other stuff. Um, but I, I don't know, it's six hundred and two pages. It's hard to there's a to tell you conceitly what it's about. That's not until you get done in five minutes. Shortly, not, yeah, yeah, it's kind of too. So. Elsie Arwork, you said that Sherman's not an artist, but Edward is. So, so how's the artwork? The art is by Alex Robinson. Oh, uh, not by Ed. No, it's a fictional story. It's fictional. Oh, it is. Yeah, oh, it it's is? completely fictional. Even though it reads like it's an auto, it's an autobiographical. It's mm-hmm. fictional. Um, so the art is well done. It's very detailed. Um, it's it's kind of done in this noir style. Lots of black spaces. Um, yeah, no, but everything looking... is drawn kind of real to life. Um, oh, the paneling is really cool. But he he does a lot of work with the panels. There's lots of uh, page layouts with tons of panels, and he especially does this in moments of like um, conflict for the characters. There's a moment where like Sherman is gonna kiss this kiss this girl on the, the balcony and he's like cheating on his girlfriend. And those those are like well done panels. I'll never find it. It's, it's, it's you have a one in six hundred and two chance. Hmm? You have a one, one in six hundred and two chance. Ooh, I found it. Okay, so you can see on these these are good pages for this. You can see on these pages the panels are kind of on one side and, and, uh, and the rest of the panels are not panels, but they're actually uh, tech speech bubbles that are overlapping with his internal monologue thoughts. Kind of like he's rapidly thinking about this girl and it's not getting better. And like, so even though he's speaking on half the page, he's thinking on the other half about the situation. So in that way, I thought this was like probably the most creative part of a book. Uh, it's just look at that. It's really cool paneling. Just and these are for like, those that can, yeah. For those that can't see, like this on the podcast, he uh, can tell you the picture. There's just again, it's not straightforward paneling. It's just squares. They've got a bunch of word text below it. They've got a nice diagonal. So I, they actually look like they're combining two pages together. So that works out really well. Yeah. And the uh, and the pan yeah I would say it's like expression expressionism you know a little bit with these speech bubbles because they they it's very painterly is what we'd say in the art community. So uh, each speech bubble is different from the other. There's not a uh, like one speech bubble like is the norm for everything. Uh, for in, this, is- in this book. Yeah. Oh no! For the most part, he really keeps it pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Um, in the pages that was just that moment where 
like like there's times where the lettering is um pretty pretty large actually we should only be talking about the arc i guess but um there's well, there's times where the lettering adds to the the moment but for the most it part the it's arc. it's pretty standard it it doesn't distract cool so um color is next cool so what is the color it's black and white yeah i already mentioned that is the back or is how is the background of each panel or I'd say there are times when there's background, but sort of like a movie, it can move into close-ups of the characters once the scene is established, which is fine because you know where they are at that point. So, um, yeah, I think it's done really, done really well. There's also little um, insert pages of like where he asks the characters a question, mm -hmm. and then they answer like in these little profiles like a documentary, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's some When Harry Met Sally type of stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I guess the lettering we already talked about. Um, yeah. Uh, so what is the je ne sais quoi? That's a French phrase. A French Thanks, term. Thanks. Yep. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm glad I could teach you. <laughs> uh, so that would be maybe the commentary on the comic book industry, which sort of comes out of nowhere, because you're led to believe this is about Sherman's relationship with this girl, Dorothy, and you're sort of expecting it to fall apart. But then the book ends up being about Ed and how he meets this girl, Hilda. And... <laughs> And that's it. And like the book ends up following Ed to the end. And then Ed tells the the, the epilogue. Ed, the epilogue is in Ed's voice. So <laughs> so this book is like, it's crazy because it follows Sherman the whole time until the end. And then it's all about Ed. Does... <laughs> and Sherman never breaks up with Dorothy. And him and, him and Ed drift apart. It doesn't see him very often. You know. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so on a scale of being forgotten in obscurity as the original creator of Batman to becoming a billionaire, playboy, genius, philanthropist, and have a huge penis, how would you rate this? Um, I would. I would give this the full billionaire, philanthropist, genius, big penis. Oh, so I, this is a 10 out of 10 or like a 9.9 .9 out of 10. So you don't give anything perfect. 10, 10, 10 out of 10. I oh, think, wow. Yeah, this didn't need color. <laughs> unlike, unlike our other uh, reviews of these. Um, no, I, I think uh, this is like a massive, massive story. It, it gives the word graphic novel a good name. It was a novel, basically. There's so much text in this. And when you think about like the way the pictures are like extra information with the dialogue and like, I don't know, it, it just took so long to read. It was like reading a novel and um, yeah. And, and the stories are good and the characters are well-defined and really good. And it's like a nice slice of what it's like to be in your twenties in New York. Um, 
And yeah, so I, I would definitely pick this up if I were you and, and give it a shot. Um, one of the reviews on the back actually says that it's it's like the uh, almost famous of the comic book world, which I thought that was probably a good way of describing it. Like almost famous was sort of a capturing the essence of rock and roll, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of an era. And yeah. that's kind of what this is like too. So yeah, did you read anything? I reread uh, Old Man Logan. Uh, Old Man Logan. Old Man Logan. Uh, for those that uh, don't know, it's, it's the, the basis for the movie uh, um, The Last Wolverine film. Uh, the last Wolverine film called Logan? Yeah. I think it was called Logan, wasn't it? It was called Logan, but it's The Last Wolverine film. And but in that film, he's an old man. He is an old man. So you're and saying these are connected? Yes. In Old Man Logan, Wolverine is old. And in Logan... And Wolverine is one of those X-Men. Yeah. He is an X-Men. He <laughs> fights crime with mutant powers. So this is our first time doing a superhero. Con this, like this is actually comic. the first time I think us doing a major comic, actually. Yeah. I, so I, I mean, like a, no, because I did the Joker, I think. Didn't I do the Joker at one point? Did you do the Joker? Oh, I didn't even count that because I'd never heard of it. Yeah, that one's actually not as famous as Old Man and it's Also, not about a superhero. No, it's actually like it takes. It's it's about. I don't know how we got to the Joker from Old Man Logan, but it's about um <laughs> a guy named Robert Frost who's a henchman for the Joker. Now so, just continue. Just continue. I, all right. Anyways, Old Man Logan. Uh, the plot line is Wolverine's old. Uh, the Hulk is threatening to repossess his farm if he doesn't get a certain amount of money in time. Uh, so he makes a deal with uh, Hawkeye to go like help recreate the superheroes in exchange he'll get enough money to deal with that. Stuff happens. It's a good story. I don't want to spoil it for everybody. But I but and then <laughs> things happen. So far you've you've said no, I want to. I want to hear everything that happens. We're doing the story part right now. Okay, so are you telling me this is a road trip story? Effectively, yeah. In, oh no! Logan no, was, no, no. Logan was a road trip story. This, yeah, and that film was terrible. What? No, Logan was a fantastic film. Hey, let's hit the road. Road trip. No, <laughs> road thank trip. You. Road trip. So, anyways, so the Hulk has kind of gone crazy as he got older. He um, has sex you with his You have to cousin. tell me the setup again. You just told me the setup. Okay. What so, happens after Hawkeye is like, let's take a road trip? So Hawkeye at this point has gone blind. So he's the best archer there is. He can't see anything. That's stupid. Um, they meet up with his I'm, daughter. I'm just they meet up with his daughter, and they're trying to get to Washington, D.C. to pick up 99 vials of the super serum that created um, – Captain America. Um, and so they get all the way there and they find out that it was a sexy trap set by the Red Skull. You don't say. Yeah, I do say. You, know, you, don't, you don't need to make fun of it. You don't need to make fun of this. 99 vials? 99. Why not 100? Because one was used by the Captain America. Duh. So they made 100 vials and nobody's ever used it? Well, because they were going to. 
Because they're gonna sell, they're gonna. They're all it. those thousands of comic books, single issues. Not one person used another vial of Captain America's serum. You know, Keegan, not funny. It Anyways, couldn't have been ninety-seven or ninety-six. It was ninety-nine. Bonds. It said ninety-nine. Hey, hey! If it worked for Jay Z, it works for Old Man Logan. Why didn't they make a hundred and one, knowing that they used one I, on I feel, Captain hey, America? Hey, hey! hey. I feel bad for you, son, if I get 99 vials, 181. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'm sure Jay-Z was rapping about Captain yeah. America this Jay-Z, whole time. Jay-Z, yeah. That's what he inspired it. Anyway, okay. so it's, it's a trap. No kidding. Yeah, so... I'll so they go on this whole road trip, and it leads to disaster. Mm-hmm. And so, then, so Hawkeye gets killed. Um... Wolverine's actually able to escape. He kills uh, the Red Skull and was able to get able to take all the money that the Red Skull has and use the Captain America, not Captain America, the Iron Man suit to fly back. But by the time, even though he makes it back in time, they actually already killed his family anyways. So he starts going crazy. He kills the majority of, of the Hulk's kids because mm-hmm. he's Wolverine. So the Hulk eats him actually, and okay. the only problem is you can't if you eat the Wolverine, it doesn't kill him. So he okay. comes back to life from inside his stomach and kills him. And then he decides he's going to fulfill uh, Hawkeye's dream and restart the superheroes. Okay, so classic road trip. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the real trip wasn't actually about the destination. It was about the trip they made within themselves. That's such a bummer. It sounds like that was a bummer all the way through. It was a good book. I mean, what, I would, what made it good? So the premise the artwork, that he's so a farmer. The artwork is well done. It's not anything special like the way you put it, but the artwork is solid. They okay. always have good artists. Who's the art by? The art is by who, who Steve wrote it? Mc- who did the art? Mark Miller wrote it. Steve McNiven was what who drew it. Okay. And it's always solid artwork by the by the uh, Marvel hires good comics, but it's very classic comic book art. It's not anything new or unique. It's the so, Marvel way. It's the Marvel way. Okay. Um, the je ne sais quoi is the storyline. No, 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 no. Colors. Colors. Uh, colors for the most part. Um, they actually are pretty like uh, vibrant. They are pretty just standard Marvel issue. Not okay. like. So, so like everything bright. looks looks the same as the color it's supposed to be. It's yeah. not stylized. Not stylized at all. Okay. Um, Is so there like, any tone like to make you think it's the future? Uh, it's very desolate, very Mad Max ish uh, to certain things. Okay. Also, um, uh, if you go all the way to the like end, like where like you meet the Red Skull, it's much more dark and red to, to reflect black and red to reflect the oh, Red Skull. I see. I see. Okay, so let's let's get on to the lettering. The lettering, uh, it's classic Marvel, um, always capitalized. Uh, whenever they want to make a word more like important, they'll purposely bold it. Um, okay. They don't like exactly like that changes. It's the classic Marvel comics. Okay, cool. And um, finally, uh, the je ne sais quoi. You mean the French term? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the storyline. The storyline is absolutely fantastic, and you also want to know why 
uh, Wolverine's the last X-Men, like what happened? Because okay, and do they tell you? Yeah, they do tell you. Um, they okay. tell you and they explain why, and it's kind can of. I, can I just disclose, like full disclosure? Yeah, I've read this comic, and it was <laughs> it was pretty great. I'm just really giving you a hard time because it, it's a road trip movie, road trip comic. And I don't know. I think road trips are pretty stupid and they never, they never are like happy go lucky. Uh, everything goes great on this whole road trip. Everyone's happy. The I have time. a question though. Would you want to read a comic or watch a movie about a road trip where everything goes nice? So what happened? Well, we left on Monday and we made great time. We were supposed to arrive Wednesday night. But we are actually arrived Tuesday morning. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Butch Cassie and the Sundance Kid. Have you ever seen that? Nope. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It's a road trip movie about two outlaws and they're running from the law. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, it's a pretty nice trip. They have a nice time the whole time. It ends in disaster. Uh, but until then... It's it's like a very nice road trip. There's nothing that happens the whole movie until the very very end. Yes, I enjoy that quite a, quite a bit. I'm trying to think of another uh, road trip movie I've watched where nothing happens. <laughs> There's one that actually stars uh, Casey Affleck. I think Matt Damon. That probably happens, but I what it's called. It's also supposed to be super boring. Oh, okay. I was thinking, like, The Wizard of Oz is, like, the ultimate terrible road trip movie. Like, it's really just a yeah. stupid, stupid movie. They should have just walked down that path and gotten... Can't we just talk about the comics now? <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. Anyways, well, it was, a good, it was a good comic, I have to say. It's a good comic. It's a really... It's by far my favorite Wolverine comic. Um, truth be told, though, I'm not a huge Marvel person, so I don't have that much strong basis to talk about it. Um, Pretty much, you think it's actually the only Marvel comic I've read. But it takes the characters and it puts them in a new place and yeah. gives them like kind of gives them growth on mm-hmm. what you you know is like traditional Hulk. Mm-hmm. He's like mutated even more into like a monster. Yeah, he's really gone crazy. And like everyone's kind of had character development that you don't get to see, so you're kind of dropped in this world where you don't know what's going on. So if you haven't read it yet. Go pick it up. Or if you're like Eric, reread it. It's actually a good comic. Okay, so the comic I was thinking of reading is called uh, Blankets. And I have re- and I haven't – or not Blankets, uh, uh, Rabibi, which is the sequel, which is by the same author as Blankets. Okay. And it's – I started reading it and then never actually finished it, so. Okay, so instead you decided to sell out and talk about a Marvel book. I reread it because it's a really good book. Well, also, um, yeah. Also, like, so I also have four books that are not comics that I need to read. So, plus I need to buy more. We're just gonna plug uh, our guests one more time here too. It, yeah. We read Finger Bang number one, two, and three. Uh, just talking about finger finger bang number one, it's completely surprising. Yeah, it is for what I was expecting when you first saw the artwork, uh, a sixth grade project that you know maybe got a C plus at best. Yeah. It actually was a solid like. Eight. It's very solid. It, it reminds me of uh, Adult Swim cartoons where like they look bad, but you're gonna laugh. You're gonna yeah. really like it. 
you really actually do it. It actually does have a good, like, solid storyline, actually, with a good humor. And definitely a good setup, too. Yeah. Just a good character idea. Mm -hmm. uh, a guy who can shoot anything out of his fingers. It's already he, funny. So. He's always funny, but he has to have the classic weakness that he has to be high while doing it. Classic weakness. Classic, classic weakness. Every single superhero I know, always weaknesses like they have to be high. So if you wanted to uh, not just listen to this podcast, but watch us and see our screen uh, sharing and, and everything, you can go on our Patreon, patreon.com slash dumbcomiccreators. I made all of them public, so you can just go on there and watch. We hope that you're, you'll support our show and sign up to be a patron. But if you don't want to and you just want to see what, what we're talking about, uh, you can watch all our episodes on there. Um, we're also on Instagram. Follow us at Dumb Comic Creators. And if you have any questions or want us to review your book um, or be a guest on the show, uh, send us an email, dumbcomiccreators at gmail.com. Hey, so you think we shelved it long enough? Yeah, you think we should uh, come up with a catchphrase? No, I, okay. I, you know, I was interrupted earlier. I'm still not, I, I haven't recovered from that. Okay. All right. Uh, well, anyways, I am not Keaton Swire. I'm actually Eric Schwartz. Did you say Swiner? I mispronounced your name. You got to work on that. I do. I can't, I, you too, you too. I can't <laughs> talk anymore. <laughs> and I'm Keegan Shiner. And I'm Eric Schwartz. And this has been a classic episode of dumb comic Go on. creators you did it yeah thanks for listening and we'll see you next week all right bye bye